the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. This is the third week that I've been preaching on prayer. And today I want to speak on the topic, praying that blesses others. Praying that blesses others. How many of you here today would say that you have been blessed by the prayers of others? I'm sure that most of us have been blessed by the prayers of others. If we are here today, we are here because someone thought about us and prayed for us. See, if God has blessed you, he expects you to be a blessing to others. If someone, someone else's prayers blessed you, then your prayers should be a blessing to others as well. James says, pray for each other. And it's a part of our responsibility as a body of Christ that we pray for one another. We're supposed to pray prayers that bless other people. In Acts chapter 12, 1 through 19, uh, we have a great example of praying that that blesses others. King Herod wanted to please the people who hated Christians, so he had James, one of the apostles, arrested and executed for being a follower of Jesus Christ. The crowd loved it, and he wanted to please the crowd, uh, so he had Peter arrested with the intention of having him executed after the Passover holidays. Peter is heavily guarded in prison, awaiting execution. And Acts chapter 12 and verse 5 says, But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. And the result of the church praying for Peter was that an angel showed up and leads him out of the jail cell and takes him to the house where the church had gathered to pray for him. They were very surprised to see Peter, even though they were expecting that God to do something, they didn't expect it the way it came about. But the next day, uh, when Herod learned that Peter was not in prison, he had the guards executed. Now, it's a very interesting passage of scripture from which we can learn four fundamental lessons about prayers that bless others. And the first lesson is, we must leave the results up to God. 
we must leave the results up to God. When you look at this story in Acts 12, King Herod seemed to have all the power. The only thing the Christians had was prayer. The passage tells us that Herod assigned four squads of guards to guard Peter while he was in prison. He has a guard chained to his left hand and one chained to his right hand. And there were two guards right outside the cell and two more outside the door of the prison itself. And at night they shut the iron gates of the city to lock everyone inside. From a human point of view, there was no way Peter could avoid execution. But God was at work in the situation. And so he sent from heaven an angel to free Peter from the prison. And so Peter walks out of the, of the prison and was able to get back to the church that was praying for him. So who had the power in, the, in, this, in this story? God. You see, the story is all about what God can do when Christians pray. Sometimes we get into the mindset of, if I just pray right, if I use the right words, if I am fervent enough, sincere enough, pray long enough, then I will get through to God. But that's not the way it works at all. The Bible says we do not even know how to pray and what to pray for. And so Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8 and, and, verse, uh, and verse 26, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our distress, for we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. You see, when our prayers bless others, it is because of the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in us. So when our prayers are answered, he gets the credit. You see, if it were about us being sincere enough, praying long enough, hard enough, then we would get the credit. But it's all about God's power at work when Christians pray. We can pray, but it's not about us. It's not even about the people we are praying for. It's all about God doing his work in a way that allows him to receive the credit and that people will believe in him because of what they see happening in Christians' lives. So when you pray, leave it up to God to answer as he pleases. It's all about his power. But the second lesson is that we must be real. We must be real. Acts chapter 12 and verse 5 tells us that the church was praying earnestly for Peter's release. But we are not given the actual words of their prayers. Now, if we had their words, then we would probably use them as a code to get to God. And somebody would say, I have the words that can get God's attention. If I use these words with this tone of voice, then God will pay attention to me and answer me. 
is that we often try to impress God with our words. Sometimes when we are praying publicly, we are not thinking about God to whom we are praying, but we are thinking about the people around us that are are listening. And that is really not the way to pray. Our audience is God. And we are not giving instructions to people when we are in the presence of God, talking to him about what's going on. So prayer should not be used as a way of instructing. Preaching does that, not prayer. So when we come together to to pray, let's not think about what other people are saying about the words that we are using, because that then gives the glory to to the, the person rather than to God. Now, you have probably heard the story, I believe I shared it probably nine years ago. Uh, I keep good records. <laughs> You've probably heard the story about a teenage boy who was going on a blind date. He goes to the pharmacy and goes up to the druggist and says, I'd like to buy three one-pound boxes of chocolate. And the druggist says the candy is right over there on the shelf. But it would be less expensive for you if you bought one three-pound box. And the teenager says, I know, but I need three one-pound boxes. And the druggist says, okay, but I'm curious. Why do you need to have three one-pound boxes of chocolate? And And the teenager explained, I have a blind date tonight. When I go and pick up this young lady, when she gets into the car with me, if she sits next to me rather than close to the window, then I will give her the first box of chocolate. And he winks at the druggist and says, you know what I mean. And then then he said, when we get to the movies, after we have eaten our popcorn and are kind of relaxed, I'm going to yawn and put my arm around her, and if she doesn't move away, I'll give her the second box of chocolate. Then when I take her home and walk her to the door, if she lets me kiss her goodnight, I'm going to give her the third box of chocolate. And so he winked at the, at the druggist and, and said, you know what I mean. And the druggist sold him the chocolate. The young man went to pick up the young lady that he was going to take out for a date. But he had to have dinner with the family first. And the young lady's father asked him to say the grace. And he prayed for every dish of food on the table. He prayed for every person seated around the table by name. He prayed for missionaries, and he didn't know any. He just made up names. (laughs) And he prayed and prayed and prayed. Then they thought that he would never end, but finally he did. And so they ate the meal, and as he was going um, out to the car with the young lady, uh, she looks at him and said, I didn't know you were so religious. And he said, I didn't know your daddy was a druggist. (laughs) See, he really, he really wanted to be impressive. 
And we like to do that. Sometimes we think that we can impress God uh, with the things that we, we do and the words that we speak. And a lot of abuse has gone on in the name of prayer. We try to be impressive with our prayers. We try to advance our own agenda with our prayers. I've heard people use prayers to gossip, to tell information about other people when they want others to pray for them. I've heard people trying to sound so knowledgeable and so scholarly. But do we have to be impressive when we pray? Not at all. Listen again to what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8, 26. This time the message paraphrase. Where Paul says, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If you don't know how or what to pray... It doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and aching groans. Sometimes the most articulate prayer that you can pray is just the tears running down your face. The Holy Spirit reads the tears and places the tears what you're concerned about into words and bring them to the Father. So when you pray, just be real. That's all God wants. Don't try to follow other people and what they are saying. There are some wonderful old prayers that our ancestors used to to pray, but that was a prayer for them. They coined that prayer. They put it together. We don't necessarily have to use those prayers. We don't need to pray for show. We just need to pray and be real, and God will hear us and answer us. But the third lesson is that we must be assured that prayer makes a difference. We must be assured or we must believe that prayer makes a difference. The early Christians believed it did. This is why they gathered to pray for Peter, and he was miraculously delivered from prison and from certain death. Prayer does make a difference. And you know it, and I know it, and only someone who has not been familiar with God who may not know that prayer makes a difference in the lives of God's children. Several years ago, Dr. John Wimber, the founding pastor of the Vineyard Church movement, was speaking at a conference. He had helped to start um, hundreds of other vineyard churches in the U.S. and abroad. There's a vineyard church in Cambridge, and there's one in, in Boston. But vineyard churches have been known for their healing services, where people with all kinds of diseases were prayed for and healed. Now, at this conference at which Dr. Wimber was uh, speaking, someone who knew or who heard that he was suffering from cancer, asked the question. He said, Dr. Wimber, do you still believe in healing even though you are dying from cancer? And just to point out that a short time after he spoke at that conference, he actually died. But to the question, do you still believe in healing, he said, Through the years, I and others have prayed for thousands of people to be miraculously healed. Honestly, most were not, but some were. What I know in every case 
is that prayer helps. God used prayer to comfort, to encourage, to strengthen faith, or to lift spirits. In every case, prayer helped, Dr. Wimber said. Now, researchers are studying the impact that prayer has on the healing process. The most uh, famous study was done by Dr. Randolph Byrd at the University of California. He took 400 cardiac patients that had gone to the hospital due to a heart attack. He put half in a study group, but didn't tell anyone. He gave their names to people all across the country and said, pray for these people. The people who were praying didn't know the patients, and the patients didn't know they were being prayed for. Neither did the doctors or the nurses. But half of the heart patients were being prayed for and half were not. They all got the same state of the art high level cardiac medical treatment. But the results were astounding. Those who were prayed for were less likely to develop congestive heart failure, five times less likely to require antibiotics, fewer of the prayed for developed pneumonia, and none of them died. Another medical researcher who evaluated the study said, quote, if the therapy being evaluated had been a new drug, it would undoubtedly have been heralded as a medical breakthrough, end of quote. Now, I'm not suggesting that you give up your medical treatment and just stay home and pray. There are some people who have done that, and it has not worked out well for them. So my suggestion is that you get the best medical care available, and then you add prayer to that. Because God uses medical doctors to, to do his work. And if we simply reject the work of medical doctors, then we are denying the wisdom of God in placing them uh, on the earth to help us to get better. But God wants to be invited into our situation. He wants us to pray because he cares for us. And 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You see, when we are praying for other people, we become partners with God in his work. We are fulfilling the command that's found in Romans 12, 15, when others are happy, be happy for them, or happy with them, and if they are sad, share their sorrow. So when you pray, believe that prayer makes a difference and you will see amazing results. But number four, we must be aware of the things that hinder prayer. We must be aware of the things that hinder prayer. We don't have to be perfect when we pray or none of us could, could pray. But there are areas um, with respect to praying that areas of our lives with respect to praying that will determine whether uh, we receive an answer from God or not. And someone has called the, these prayer busters. 
prayer busters. And these things will bust our prayers and the effectiveness uh, which, um, which we have with God. Prayer buster number one, prayerlessness. For all our talking about prayer, not a whole lot of praying gets done. And this is uh, not just on, in the pews, but also in the pulpit. How many of you had good intentions about prayer, but not prayed as much as you want to? So James chapter 4 and verse 2 says, You do not have because you do not ask God. So let's change the you to I and read it again. I do not have because I do not ask God. You see, the reason our prayers aren't being answered is we haven't prayed them yet. We haven't asked. Researchers tell us that 25% of people surveyed say that prayer is their last resort. And we wonder why we aren't blessing people with our prayers. I have developed a habit over a number of years uh, now while, that while I'm thinking about a particular need, I simply pray. If someone asks me, even here at the church, at the door, when they're going out, uh, that I pray for them uh, because they're going to the hospital to have surgery or something like that, I will just ask them to, to stay back for a little while, and then I pray with them right there. Because I've gotten to the stage in my, at least in my life now, that I don't remember things that people tell me at the door. So I would say, don't tell me anything that is important at the door because I will not remember it. But so I do it when I am aware of it and I talk to God uh, about the, the needs of his people. And so we have um, prayer buster uh, number, let's see now. Number, 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 number two. I'm missing something here. It's a, so, in number two, verse number two is selfishness. Selfishness. James says in James chapter four and verse three, when you ask, you do not receive. Because you ask with wrong motives. Wouldn't you admit that most praying that goes on is selfish? As if we were to sum up most of the praying that uh, we do, it would be a focus on our needs, what we need. God, meet my needs. Help me to do this and other things. So much of our prayers rather being about other people, are focused mainly on us and our needs. But we, we need to realize that we cannot be selfish in our praying or else God will not hear our prayers. But number three is unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, Your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he 
will not hear. You see, when you have been rebelling against God, not listening to him, not living his way, is that the best time to ask God for a favor? I don't think so. You see, need to settle matters with God, confess your disobedience, ask for his forgiveness, and then God will hear your prayer because he has promised to do so. But number four is lack of faith. In Acts 12, the people had been praying earnestly for Peter to be released. But what happens when he shows up? The people were stunned that he was there. Somehow they were not expecting God to answer in the way that, uh, that, he, that he did. And I could uh, have many examples of, um, of uh, praying for something and become surprised when God does answer uh, prayer. I wish I could share more, but um, I don't have enough time or else, or else I'm going to be edited by the radio station. <laughs> the Christians in Acts chapter 12 were having a hard time believing that God had answered their prayers. But here's what I know. Somebody in that room was praying because God won't answer prayer if there is no faith. It takes faith to please God and he works when his people pray. So somebody in that meeting was believing uh, that what they were praying for uh, was um, going to be uh, received. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. You see, faith is believing that God is working if for no other reason than the fact that he promised that he would. The best prayer you can offer that will bless others is a prayer that you can lead someone to an understanding or an acceptance of Jesus Christ as your Savior. People prayed for you before you became a Christian. My mom prayed for me, and I know, and I know that. And um, it was such a, a delight to know that I had a praying, a praying mother. So who are you praying for? Believe that God will answer your prayers as you pray according to his will. You see, we need to go before God with the same faith our ancestors had. Their faith enabled them to stay calm in the midst of their crises. Their faith allowed them to have peace in the midst of their problems, to experience joy in the midst of their sorrow to press on in the midst of their pain. With this faith, they leaned heavily upon the everlasting arms of God. They knelt patiently at the foot of the cross, walked calmly through the valley of the shadow of death, bowed reverently before the throne of God, and waited expectantly for the answer to their prayers. And this faith delivered them in times of difficulties and disasters, Strengthen them in times of trials and temptations. Sustain them in times of sickness and suffering. Revive them in times of sorrow and separation. And led them in times of darkness and despair. We can do no less if we expect 
God to work miracles in our midst. So let us bless others with our prayers. Let us bless our church with our prayers. God never fails. Just keep the faith and never cease to pray. Just walk upright, calling him noon, day, or night. He'll be there. He'll be there. There's no need to worry, for God never fails. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.